Welcome to the Green Up Possibilities podcast, empowering you with information about what is possible, improbable, and nearly impossible with money. Brought to you by Green Up Wealth Management. Thank you for joining us. We are doing something completely different on this podcast in honor of Veterans Day, which is November 11th. The last draft in the United States was half a century ago, and for nearly two generations now, serving in our armed forces has been completely voluntary. And because of this, only about 7% of all living Americans have served in the military. That includes active duty personnel and veterans. Many Americans today are unfamiliar with the experiences, challenges, and opportunities of our veterans. So as I mentioned, we're doing something completely different on this podcast, both in content and in format. Today we have a special guest and we have a special co-host. Our special guest today is Sean Russell, a veteran with over 22 years of service in the United States Army. Sean is the founder of a mobile and virtual personal training company called Russell's Muscles. And our special co-host today is Tony Schmidt, CEO of Greenup Wealth Management, who is good friends with Sean. Welcome, Sean and Tony. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Aaron. Looking forward to being your co-host today. All right, Tony. So I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to you. All right. Thanks, Aaron. And Sean, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm super excited to have you here um, and talk a little bit about your personal experience and your experience as a veteran on the whole. And so I think that's a great starting point. Obviously, I've had the great opportunity to call you a dear friend um, as our friendship has grown over the last five years. Been able to share experiences of our children together and even celebrate your wedding uh, with you. But I'd like the audience to get to know you a little bit as a person. So, Sean, tell us a little bit about you. Well, thanks for those kind words, Tony. So a little bit about me. I uh, grew up with a single mother for most of the time. I have a uh, in total, nine younger sisters. And uh, I was very athletic. I was in a lot of sports growing up. Skipped quite a few years. I graduated in 1994 from Northwest High School here in the St. Louis area. And from there, a week after I graduated, I entered the Army. Right after entered the Army, I, I deployed almost right away to Egypt. And then that took me all the way through next 22 years and uh, retired active duty with the Army and then became a personal trainer uh, where I eventually met you at uh, Gold's Gym as I moved up the blocks there. And uh, we built our friendship. You were actually, I had you speak in my wedding two years ago, just over two years ago, uh, married to my beautiful wife, Becky. Um, I have a daughter, Destiny, and a bonus daughter, Ellie. So that pretty much brings us right here, right now. Yeah, and you have a great family. And I was I was fortunate enough to give a toast at Sean's wedding. And with him being a personal trainer, I definitely um, claimed to be the before picture, and I was still waiting on the after. Um, hopefully, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there since definitely a work in progress. With that said, Sean, thanks for that background. Tell us a little bit about the roles and functions you served in here as you served our country, protecting us and keeping us safe? Oh, well, I won't get into all of them. I'll be very uh, broad about it. Uh, I started in the Army. Uh, I went to Fort Jackson, North Carolina uh, in 1994. Went on to uh, train as a mechanic 
for everything that didn't fly, basically. From there, I uh, went to airborne school, air assault school. Actually, that was a lot later in my career and deployed multiple times all over, pretty much we'll just call it all over Asia. <laughs> uh, there's multiple spots there, uh, stationed quite a few different places. After being a, a mechanic, I uh, supported uh, special operations as a support soldier. And then the army made me a recruiter for a few years. And then I was very successful at that and they wanted to keep me out there. I did everything I could to get out of recruiting. And uh, in the end, I actually got out for a day, came back in because that wasn't the path that I wanted to go. And went back in, uh, actually lost a rank because the technical break in service, but I earned it all back. Went um, after recruiting, went uh, psychological operations, special operations, deployed, and from there, uh, retired from Fort Bragg, North Carolina, um, with every additional duty under my belt and had to leave multiple jobs to multiple people. And then uh, right after that, I just kind of went with my passion of exercise and leading people and motivating people and became a personal trainer. Sean, that is absolutely fantastic. And what a wide range of experiences from mechanic to supporting special ops to recruiting and then getting back in the weeds with special forces and then trying to use those special for the power of your special forces on some fortunate folks like me. So um, what a cool wide range of experiences. I guess stepping back even further, how did you become interested in joining the military originally? It was uh, very much just kind of moved into my brain. And I think looking back or thinking back, it started with, I think everybody knows Top Gun. I've, I've heard of that movie before. It's funny it's yeah. in the forefront. And I'll tell you what, I'm still waiting to become a naval aviator like uh, Maverick was originally. <laughs> well, you might have your chance with uh, recruiting goals a little low. They may raise the age <laughs> a little bit here. <laughs> a little. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I started out with Top Gun. I just like the, the aggression and the, the assertiveness and having a goal and a, a mission and uh, working hard to complete that. And it just got into me from there. In high school, I was actually, I was a student all the way through, but I had no idea what I wanted to do after graduation. I had no career path that I wanted. So like I said earlier, I grew up with a single mom most of the time, and she didn't have the money for college as well. So the best thing was, Let's go with a military passion that I knew nothing about. And I wasn't going to go in the Navy. <laughs> that was one that I did not even think of. And I thought, well, let's give the Army a try and try actually a two-year tour. Was, and then you had to do two years of reserve after that. And build that GI Bill and get a skill under my belt and then go, go to college. Well, it didn't quite work out that way. You know, 20, over 22 years later, you know, I retired from the army. Interesting enough, you, you did do your two and two. It just happened yeah. to put them together for 22. 
So Sean, looking back at your time in the military, you've had some incredible experiences, made incredible impact, not only protecting us, United States citizens and our land here and the freedoms that we're blessed with every day, but you've made tremendous impact for many folks outside of our country. Looking back on that, what would you say are the three most valuable lessons you learned while serving our country? Well, there's quite a few to narrow them down to three, but uh, the first one would be uh, taking care of yourself. The second one would probably be in, be optimistic. And the third one being resourceful. Yeah, those are three big ones, Sean. Let's peel it back. Tell us a little bit about each one. Let's start with taking care of yourself. I know that's something you're wildly passionate about. Tell us a little bit about that. So I actually had, this is my first one, taking care of yourself. And it sounds really selfish when I say that. You take care of number one first. I used to tell my soldiers in the army, my, my sergeants, my leaders, focus on your NCOER, which is non-commissioned officer evaluation report. So we have a yearly report that evaluates everything of your, your potential and where you're going and your performance as well. So even though it sounds selfish, if you focus on yourself, you're able to focus on your health. Uh, when you focus on your health, you have more energy, strength, you're able to perform better, you're able to focus on family better, your education, your career, spirituality, everything that's important to you in life. And you do that by taking care of yourself first. So that is the biggest thing to me. That's why I try to instill it. You know, everything that has to do with self will spread to all the others in your relationships, be it family, friends, business, whatever it might be. Absolutely. Take care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, and then you can now share that with other folks. If you're lacking in one of those areas, how can you give fully to someone else in those key areas of life? So I think that's such a great point, Sean. So let's move into number two. Be optimistic. Being optimistic, um, it can be a a fault of mine as well, as my wife well knows. As we, we talk about things, I always see the, the brighter side and it doesn't help me focus on some things at times. But, but being optimistic will really build teams, community and relationships. Seeing an end goal as success and not failure. If you don't define your goal and see you setting in that area of success, then what's the use? But we can't be overly optimistic as well because there will be adversity. There will be obstacles. We just have to be realistic. But positivity builds teams and it doesn't make groups of individuals. It brings everybody together. Positivity in everything we, we, we see um, negative all around us and they're the biggest negative in life is no life. So going beyond that, we're still here thriving in uh, the best country this world has ever seen. No doubt about it. And Sean, our country definitely, it has its challenges like every country. And there's plenty of bad news out there. 
but there's also so much room to be optimistic. And I think that's just great guidance and great advice that if we keep a positive outlook on life and have a plan that we're willing to execute on, on a daily basis, we can overcome just about anything. Can I add a couple things about that? Absolutely. So optimism, whenever you wake up in the morning, have a positive thought. Uh, I do this with my family at times. Hunt the good stuff, it's called. It's actually another training I had in the military, being a resilience trainer. But hunt the good stuff. You're looking for three good things that has happened to you in the last 24 hours. And those that are in the ditches, thinking about negativity, ask them three good things. And it's something. Someone smiled at you. You saw a flower on the side of the road. You picked up a penny. Um, you got a hug from a loved one, whatever it might be. So focusing on positive early in the morning will build that positivity and get your mind focused on being positive the rest of the day as well, just with those first few positive thoughts. That's great. Absolute brilliance there. And putting some good energy into the world, let it send the, those vibrations back to you. We could probably go on about that for hours. And well, we have, we'll just leave it at that. So let's transition to item number three, be resourceful. And I can only imagine in the military, how many times you had to be resourceful and in how many ways. So tell us about that lesson for you. Well, being resourceful, most people, when you say that, I think, think, think of, well, Mag MacGyver, MacGyver, <laughs> being resourceful. <laughs> I can pull out and, you know, with the military in general, you know, we build MacGyvers. We, we don't, we don't, but being resourceful, even though being MacGyver at times really helps, but being resourceful is not standing still. You know, you're always looking for something new. When you're standing still, nothing is ever certain and everything is always changing. You won't have all the answers to your issues, to the problems, to the good things, whatever it might be. You won't have all the answers, but there is unlimited resources out there. We just have to open our eyes and uh, go grab each one of those. And it can be in business. It can be in life. It can be anywhere. It doesn't have to be being a mini MacGyver, but in business and relationships, who do I know that knows this better? Or who do you know that knows someone that can do this better or give me advice on the other side? Absolutely, Sean. Conditions are never going to be ideal to succeed, but we do have to exactly what you said, be resourceful and continue down the path of success one foot in front of the other every day and just not quit and stay committed to accomplishing that objective on a daily basis. Sean, this next question is probably, gosh, almost too big and broad to dive into, but in serving in the military, how did that change you as a person? Serving in the military, it's really changed me as far as, um, Focus on relationships. I think you've already heard me say team a couple times at least. But teamwork, focusing on relationships, be it in business, with family, with friends, socially, whatever it might be, it's going to really bring everybody together and bringing everybody together is going to help 
branch off in multiple ways. But, you know, I, I always realize that uh, someone always has it worse. But where can I help? You know, we, again, live in the greatest nation this world's ever seen. And to see the other side of the world and where people are hurting and uh, don't have it as well as us, we always will know that someone out there has it worse than us. And it's also helped me build my, my personal relationship with Jesus and God's word. Before this, I, I didn't really realize that. And the military really brought that out in me. That's great. Yeah, it's quite a quite an evolution that I'm sure you go through as a person and as, as much as you truly see across the board, some things that we can't even fathom for the vast majority of us who have never served here in our country. We're just very fortunate and we're blessed with tremendous freedoms. And that's why it's so important that those freedoms are protected. So, Sean, we've talked about as we've gotten to know each other, your personal life with Becky and the girls, the time that you've served in the military and the lessons that you learned in there. But tell us a little bit about how you transitioned from military active duty into civilian life. Well, I'm just going to break it down really simple here. I mean, for me personally, it was a, it was a smooth transition. There were issues that the end of my career where I was pushing buttons of uh, my leadership, <laughs> trying to get them to walk the walk as we want to do and not just point fingers. So that transition was uh, quite simple for me. And all of my, I was a different kind of leader. I always wanted physical fitness in my, my trainings in some way or another, because I said I had a lot of additional duties. And some, most of them would involve PowerPoint slides. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants PowerPoint slides. So we'd bring them and get some physical fitness while we're answering questions with a little competition behind it. And it transitioned me right into uh, being a personal trainer. That's great. And maybe because of my countless number of PowerPoint presentations is why I ended up meeting with you um, and needed to start start working on my personal fitness as well. Sean, we're all aware that many veterans have had a very difficult time transitioning from active duty into civilian life, whether it's really finding that next niche or whether it's dealing with the horrible implications of PTSD. What are the most common struggles veterans most overcome when returning home? So this uh, is obviously personal to everybody. Everybody's going to have different experiences. I told you my transition was smooth, but one of the, the biggest struggles I see with other veterans, and this definitely includes myself, is the social connections and the communities are just set up way different. In military communities, you have that trust, you have strong bonds, you have people pulling together in good situations and in bad. And then in the, the workforce, from what I see, is um, the workforce is more entitled. There's no sense of teamwork for the most part. And then 
if you have no teamwork, there's no real direction and everybody's focused on themselves or how to further themselves and not furthering the entire team, business, relationship, whatever it might be. That's the biggest difference to me is really the, the social and the communities are way different and they don't connect the same way. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, the accountability standards are very high in the military and they have to be. And I think that's why it's probably crucial that as our veterans come back, they find that community or role within a company that has high standards as part of their overall firm culture. So, Sean, I think it's interesting when you look at the different periods of history. The military, just like every other aspect of life, has evolved over time. How do you think your experience differs from veterans of other foreign wars? So we all had it harder, right? <laughs> we, we all walked uphill both ways in the snow while it was raining and lightning. It was always worse for you. There will always be differences in our experiences. We take them differently too. But talking to veterans of other wars or even generations, we always have stories. Always have stories. And then we start comparing and contrasting those stories, how it was in the day. But just know, I mean, when I was in, it was much harder than everybody else had it. So it sounds like civilian life because my, my father, who's 84, you know, of course, he was like every other father out there who walked to school uphill both ways in the snow, you know, with 10 inches of ice on the ground as well. So I'm glad at least there's some commonality between civilian life and the military yeah. then. Sean, we talked about maybe what differs. Let's talk about maybe what all veterans have in common. So the camaraderie, the brotherhood, sisterhood that we have, a common language. There is a common language between veterans, you always know. Training, memories, memories of overseas, not overseas as in we went to Cancun for vacation, you know, overseas as we were in the sand di digging ditches or whatnot. So there is a, a common language in general that military veterans have. Yeah, obviously there has to be just an incredible bond once you know that you've put your life on hold, been willing to make the ultimate sacrifice for your family, for the country, knowing that that person that you're talking to was willing to make that exact same sacrifice has to just be an incredible bond and just an incredible level of respect. Yes, respect, bond, community, everything. So Sean, taking that one step further, what does the civilian public not understand about veterans? So I don't think they, they really understand the, the valor or what really hurts the stolen valor been through a situation or two and everybody in the military has had hard times and someone taking that valor really hurts. So we, we have a sense of pride, you know, in what we accomplished as well as everybody 
in life has something they're they're very prideful of and they don't want someone else taking that in their name but also looking at something a little different i don't think civilians understand how veterans really lead and empower others because that's how military training is is about empowering others and when one falls down someone's there to pick them up and even lead the group veterans really have that leadership that's ingrained in them and i don't think civilians really give that enough thought yeah that's some that's some great insight and you know i'd say the other thing sean that i know just from our relationship on the whole is as i thank you for your time serving and whether it's through a text message or something like that use the word hero at the same time you've deflected that time and time again and as i sit here and i look at veterans and i consider each and every one of them a hero as you thank them and and call them a hero they seem to almost shy away from that topic and i think that's just a level of humility and an extension of the heroism that each of you guys share so I just think that's one other thing to probably point out. Yeah, I, I've heard it from you a few times, and I'm sure you've seen that on my face. I am not a hero, you know. So those we call heroes have really done something. My lost friend, um, Sergeant First Class Brian Woods, a hero. So he lost his life in 2009 in Afghanistan, actually, a week before I got there and it's, it's just very personal. It absolutely is. And we've talked about, talked about him and his family and we've participated in fundraisers to support the family. And I know that they're always very overwhelmed and you always remember those that have fallen and that have not to be too cliche, but um, made the ultimate sacrifice. And, you know, I think, Today's just a great day to remember those. And it's one of the reasons that we're doing this today. It's to continue to highlight those that have served like you and those, those that have lost their life and those families that have lost their loved one. So Sean, changing gears a little bit, and this one can be a touchy one, and we'll do our best to stay between the ditches here. But how has serving in Afghanistan changed your view about America's foreign policy? Well, that's a huge rabbit hole. (laughs) Um, I won't go down them, but I don't think it's really changed a whole lot personally. But it's on America's foreign policy. It's very broad in general. It's very broad. It's what this country is doing, what this region is doing. But as far as the military, it's on a people level. It's personal. And when you go on a deployment, Afghanistan, Iraq, wherever it might be, Vietnam, you name it, you always encounter the civilians as well. And people don't really realize the civilians and what good the military is doing for those communities, for those regions, for those countries. We don't, we don't write the mission we just accomplished the mission and it's the best, the most efficient way while touching the lives of those directly around us. 
So I, I don't think the government will ever know unless they've served some time in a combat mission. Yeah, absolutely, Sean. And you're exactly right. Those of us have never been over there. We have to rely on the news. Um, we have to rely on movies and books. And those of us who are fortunate enough to hear stories from veterans like you, I think can definitely be eye-opening. So that, that's interesting, a bit of a the dichotomy between those that were serving and executing on the mission versus the overall view and policy of the government. Yes. And the government, the politicians, they may know what they see as best, but whenever a politician who hasn't served in the military in general, again, who hasn't served in the military goes to a foreign country, they get the royal treatment. They get to talk to their leaders, but they don't get a get in the weeds and really know what's really happening, you know, with the boots on the ground is a lot of civilians like to say. Very interesting. Interesting indeed. So Sean, when we look at life back here in the States, the veterans administration is here to help support the veterans that have come back. What are they doing right? And what, in your opinion, do you think they can improve on? Well, the VA is what they're doing right. They're focusing on veterans. And there are great, for instance, hospitals. There are great hospitals uh, in certain areas for certain things. Uh, there is, it's like a specialty at each one. You just got to ha- have that knowledge of which one to go to for that specific thing. Where they need to focus more on is getting more care out there. And then not just medical care, but how much can we help transitioning these veterans into civilians? That's such a great point. And we would all hope that our veterans are getting the best care possible, be it physically, mentally, and emotionally. But the reality of the situation is I think we're all aware that that's probably not happening out there. And it sounds like in your thoughts, there's some fantastic people out there, but just like anything else, everyone's not on the A-team. So hopefully that continues to grow, develop, and progress so that we can help our veterans in every way that they have earned and more. I just think there's so much more that we can do to help our veterans, one, maximize their skill set, two, feel part of something bigger, and three, just do what's right for these folks. They deserve it. As I listen to you and I think about the incredible skills that our military has, the skills that I hear would be an asset to any company are the discipline, the leadership, accountability, outside of the box thinking, hard work, commitment to excellence, and then of course, the second and on training with weapons. Sean, us being a financial planning firm, we certainly know that the cost of education is rising on an annual basis. What education benefits are available to service members? So I said earlier why I originally joined was for the college money. The GI Bill uh, college fund is all provided through the military. While you're in the military, you're also able to take advantage of 100% full tuition. Now, there is a cap on it, but 
you get your tuition paid while serving in the military. And then there's those that don't want the, the college. They want a certain skill. Again, I didn't know what that skill was for me. I went in initially as a mechanic, knew nothing about cars, nothing at all. And I got that skill under my belt because military community is a community within a community. They're self-sustained and run themselves. Every job and opportunity is within the Army or Marine, Air Force, Navy community. And it's going to build in the Army. We have core values and basically spells out leadership. So you have loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. When you build all those, you're just building a great person, a wonderful citizen. If you have all those values, you are are building a, a better person within. And then you have more appreciation for your country and who cannot love all the VA benefits on the other end. If it's a military discount, if it's going to VA hospital, what have you, there's so many benefits of honorably serving. And even for those that most likely didn't like their time in the the service, the military, guarantee they love those benefits though. Absolutely. And they've earned them. Sean, that's a great explanation of some of the benefits um, available to those folks that have served and might benefit that young person. What would you say to a young person interested in joining the armed forces? I would say go out and talk to veterans. The experience alone is going to help them out. Uh, Seek out answers to their questions. And I'm not talking about getting on the internet because the sun can be green on the internet. The Google has everything. Yes. So reach out to people who've actually experienced it and then maybe go into find, seek out communities that military are in, ask questions and see how life is run. Don't rely on the internet or what uh, my uncle's father's brother's neighbor told you. I think that's a great lesson in life, whether it's joining the armed forces or any other aspect of life. Do your diligence. Don't just trust what is out there on the surface. Dig a little bit deeper to get to the true answers so that you can make informed and educated decisions in the world. As you well know, I have the highest and most utmost respect for you and all of our veterans. And I, I feel so blessed and fortunate that our veterans have been willing to sacrifice for the freedoms that we have on a daily basis. How do people treat you knowing that you're a veteran? Well, you, you hear it all the time. Is It's almost blank for a lot of us. Oh, thank you for your service. I didn't just say something to get that thank you out of you. But what you're doing, Tony really helps me out. Uh, You listen to my stories and veterans want to talk about their story. I think that's one of the biggest things. Be thankful, but don't just say it in words. Be thoughtful, have a meaning behind it. Support them in different ways. Maybe 
uh, you see a veteran out, buy them lunch. And just a simple thank you with a lunch. Go to their organization or an event that they're holding or going to. Or ask them to join you in an event that you think they may be interested in. They want to share their experience as well. That's great, Sean. And first and foremost, I'm glad that people are showing our courageous veterans some level of gratitude, be it a thank you, wearing and respecting our flag proudly, whether it's buying lunch or picking up a tab, as I know that I've been more than happy to do a number of times. I think it's great to hear that those are the things that are valued. But last thing that jumped out at me is the listening. Like you said, you know, you, you love to share some stories, those that you're allowed to discuss and share with us. And that's the, that really jumped out at me is be those ears and listen and actively listen for those folks that, again, allow us the day-to-day freedoms that we have. Sean, our mission at Green Up Wealth Management is to transform and positively impact the lives of others. With your knowledge and experience, what can others do to positively impact the lives of others? I think for the most part, I said it in uh, some of our uh, first questions. Take care of yourself. And that's not a selfish, but a selfless thing, actually. When you take care of yourself, you're going to take all those that you come in contact with as well. And taking care of yourself are your relationships, are your education choices, your career, all this is taking care of yourself. Be optimistic about the future, your goals. You need to see yourself sitting at that finish line with that trophy in hand, whatever it might be, mission accomplished. Don't say I can't or I won't. Go ahead and accomplish what you set out for because you can do it. And in the process, be resourceful. Be resourceful and use everything around you. Seek out new information, education, and relationships. Sean, I think that's great. And as we continue to do those things, we're honoring veterans by truly maximizing the freedoms that we're allowed to have on a daily basis. So as we honor the veterans here that have proudly served our country, those that were able to come home and those that unfortunately gave the ultimate sacrifice. Keep our veterans in mind. Listen to our veterans. Go seek them out. I know something I've done is go find a BFW hall and go buy a round of drinks for the for the gang that's in there. Listen to the stories. Pick up their lunch tab. Just show them respect. And when you say thanks for serving, look them in the eyes. Truly mean it. Sean mentioned we are the best country in the world. And the way that we live our lives, I believe, is the ultimate way to show our veterans that we are grateful and respect everything they've done for us. Those are great closing thoughts, Tony. And Sean, thank you so much for being on our podcast, giving us a lot of life lessons that we can all use and apply to our daily lives. This is a podcast that's typically about financial matters, but hey, you gave us some very valuable things for for life in general. Well, thank you. And I really want to say thank you to Tony, Aaron, Greenup for seeking me out and letting me tell my story. That's what our veterans really want to do, I think, but definitely personally. So I really appreciate this. Thank you, guys.
Well, it's truly our pleasure. So thank you, Sean. Thank you, Tony. You can learn more about Sean Russell's company, Russell's Muscles, by going to the website, russells-muscles.com. That's R-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-M-U-S-C-L-E-S.com. For the entire team at Green Up Wealth Management, thank you for listening. Green Up Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor and the opinions expressed are our own. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. 